0: Take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Welcome to Life in Canada. It's okay to not be okay. That's gonna be the of
1: this podcast, I'm uh, pleased to welcome back to the podcast Amanda Sturzek. How are you? Hi
0: Ryan. Hi Ryan. <laughs> how are you doing?
1: I'm. You know what uh as i just started off um riding those waves of emotions and i know we talked about this in email um and and talked about how we're both kind of dealing with this this new situation and um i thank you for coming on for for doing this and and sharing some thoughts and and feelings because i know this is a vulnerable spot but uh you know a lot of people are trying to make Light of things and and be positive and and I I really respect that and I, I understand why people are definitely trying to go that route, but I know for myself it's not resonating with me and I I know I put out a tweet earlier this week like I find it's getting harder, not easier like the normal isn't coming, and I just find it, getting harder to kind of like cope with what's going on. I don't know if you're kind of feeling the same thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I I. I think the idea that this is the new normal is is problematic. And I actually saw a mental health um, professional on one of the uh, news shows one evening who said the same thing as like don't don't call it the new normal. It's a temporary state, and um, and as soon as she said it, I went, yeah, exactly. You don't want to feel like this is that we we should get used to this. Like it's a horrible situation for everyone. And it, if, if we try to normalize it, then it becomes a, Oh yeah, you know, this is just the way we live now. And I think I said to you in one of the emails I sent you is I'm trying to think of it as a, a being on hold, you know, when you get put on hold, when, especially like you call the bank or your cell phone provider and it's like, mm-hmm. or like EI lately CRA for your, your, uh, C, E, B, it's like you're on for an hour or something. So the music's going and it's like, let's just pretend we're all on hold from, you know, our regularly scheduled lives. And that sort of helps me sometimes when, you know, the days seem to all kind of meld into one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting you say that. Cause I almost find like for me, um, somebody like, I have like general like or general anxiety disorder like the fact that it's so uncertain and that I no one really knows how long this is is going to go on. I know you hear people saying like the the economy will open up back soon, some things will start getting back to normal. But then you have on the other end that it's like a, until we have a vaccine, there's definitely going to be some element of this this life that we're living now with physical distancing and and working from home and doing these kind of patterns of isolation and in in waves as we deal with outbreaks and there's not really a a comfort comforting factor for me and I think that's what I find so difficult because even at this point I'm like okay like if maybe I can make it till June doing this in some aspect but you know if it goes longer than that, like I really have a challenging time thinking about how I'm going to be dealing with this, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. No, I totally understand what you,
1: um, you know, you're, so you're like a, a fitness author, um, former personal trainer, um, doing lots of things, uh, and especially an advocate for, for moving your body. I know for myself, I'm still exercising, but like we were talking off my. Um, you know, it's definitely harder to get through those workouts with, uh, doing it from home and not going to the gym and not having that kind of change of pace and scenery of doing things. Uh, are you still trying to incorporate that in into your life? Or are you finding that this pandemic has kind of hindered that, that like motivation to, to try to stay active?
0: It, um... I think I've had one day where I didn't go outside for a walk Mm -hmm. and I've always had a hard time sleeping. I've always had insomnia. So I, I didn't sleep that night. I don't know if it would, I would have slept if I'd gone out for a walk. Um, but in terms of, you know, when you, when you hear the mental health professionals talk, they say really the key factors are good sleep, good, good eating and good exercise. And like I said, I've never been good at sleeping uh, I've been really good at overeating (laughs) while I've been at home. Um, and so for me, it's like, well, I know I need to exercise. I know I need to move my body, whether it's, you know, an actual dedicated workout or just puttering around the house. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I do it every single day and do more than just, you know, like a lot of times with my, my books on moving more, I'm just like, you only need to move a little bit and sneak it in. And in a regular day-to-day world when we're out and about and running errands and going to the office and yada yada and socializing, I think that holds true. But I I feel at least for me personally, I need to have more exercise in my day to um, you know, to feel like I have a little bit of control over what's happening because that's part of the challenge, right? We have like everything that's happened is through no fault of our own. (laughs) Like we have lost all control and it's everything, all these changes have been thrust upon us. And so, you know, at least if I control my workouts and try to control that I not eat so much, Mm. I feel like I'm kind of able to bring back some control to an out of control situation.
1: Right. I've had almost the opposite happen. I started off, um, you know, eating a lot and, and not being able to stop snacking. But, you know, as it probably started about two weeks ago, like I almost, other than breakfast, when I first wake up, I almost don't eat or don't feel the need to eat almost through the rest of the, the day. Right. And I find that really, because that's never been me. I've always been like an insatiable eater. Yeah. Um, And it's only been from through like self-control <laughs> to not like just eat mountains of food. But like, this time around, I, I I don't even find myself having an appetite. Right. And I'm like, oh, what is that's really weird. That's a definitely a new feeling. And I don't. And it's hard to tell what's related to this pandemic and what's not. <laughs> what's, you know, what is something maybe you have to worry about a little bit more. It's yeah, it's like so confusing.
0: Yeah, I know. It's um. Well, and like I said, I'm not a mental health professional, mm-hmm. but I know the mental health professionals out there are busy now and are going to be even busier when everything starts to get relaxed and people are able to go out more because of how we're all trying to navigate through this reality.
1: Yeah. It's to me that like the economic fallout and that mental health fallout worry me more than than the actual virus does, in terms of the impact it's going to have on people. Yeah, that's no, not I to think... diminish the impact of the virus, but I'm like genuinely worried about like what's what's after, um, you know, like the, the and it, what will plague us for months, if not years, a- ahead.
0: For sure, and especially since they're talking about possible second waves coming. You know, and I've heard everything from end of the summer till next winter um, for another wave. So we're kind of all in this heightened state of anxiety, worrying about, you know, can we do things? What can we do? How have the rules changed? What's different today?
1: Yeah, it's like it's kind of robbed a lot of what it means to be human um, in, in certain ways, like like connection with people. Um, I, like you can still get outside and stuff, but like still, it still removes a big element of, of physical activity and, and nature and, and all those things uh, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, robbed us of a lot of, you know, seeing people that are our loved ones and our friends and the people who make us happy. We We can't, you know, go out and see them. So it's taking a lot of those things and, some of the things that you know when you you go talk to your therapist or or you know read mental health articles that are like kind of those cornerstones of health um you know for some people it's financial so they're getting you know stressed and and worrying about can i afford rent or, or my mortgage or, and, and all those types of things can i afford food will the supply chain last um you know it kind of like affects in certain ways all the those those pinnacles of health uh Mm -hmm. that that makes us who we are
0: yeah no you're right and i think too of all the um whether you call them frontline workers essential workers Mm. or whatnot just you know everything they're having to go through in health facilities and you know truck drivers and restaurants trying to do takeout orders and grocery store clerks and you know, someone said the other day that their child works in a grocery store and someone, a customer was just overwhelmed with the rules and was taking it out, unfortunately, on this employee, which is, it's not right. But at the same time, you can understand, you know, that people are just so tightly wound and stressed out about everything and how things keep changing that they, you know, unfortunately directed it at someone who didn't deserve it
1: yeah that that we're relying on all these people that you know a month or two ago a lot of people wouldn't even show respect um and now they're the ones who are you know being called heroes like you said the people making minimum wage um people that you know maybe cleaning staff or you know, truck drivers, like all these people, that there was a certain element of of snobbery and people looking down on these jobs. It's like, oh, well, now, like the whole country's running on their backs in in ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know healthcare workers. I have a lot of friends, uh, like who are nurses, or you know, I have a couple of friends who are doctors. And um, they, they, they. I, I can't speak for everyone. They seem in good spirit, and you know that they're. Dealing with the reality, but also still remaining optimistic and positive uh-huh. but it, it does worry me. Um, you know one of my friends had a, a scare and and had to get tested because they they got sick after you know dealing with one of uh, someone who who passed away from it and had to go on quarantine till they could get their test and it's, you know it's like what what is the the long term implications of of that on these healthcare workers and what's that going to lead to for them down the road. Right. They're trained for this, but at the same time, you know, that's a lot of trauma and things to think about, um, for like one human mind Mm -hmm. to, to, to deal with.
0: Is your friend okay?
1: Yeah. So I, yeah, I should, with the caveat, they tested negative, um, thankfully. So, um, it was just a cold or, or a little bit of the flu. So, all good on that end but still going to scare
0: don't you find speaking of colds like whenever you have a cough or a sore throat or a little bit of a headache like a tension headache you're like oh crap is this yeah. like fucking so I'm getting it now
1: Here's, i was i had that last week and it was so funny i was going on um i was doing a mental health workshop with a a previous um, guest uh sarah um from occupied mind but they so they did one and I literally said off the top as we're going through like you know how are we feeling I'm like I have a headache right now and I'm terrified it's going to like manifest into COVID Mm -hmm. and I'm like I remember just before this outbreak happened like I was sick with something and I didn't really think about something like didn't really think about anything but then once this happened I was like shit did I have COVID oh god you know and it just worries you and then you know you go outside you want to touch your face your face is all of a sudden itchy and you're like no no you can't do that or uh it, it, or I, I
0: feel, feel guilty like I'm like scared to tell people if I have a sore throat or a cough because I'm like oh my god what if I've gotten other people sick what if I have it and I've gotten right. people out and strangers sick and my family and everything and I'm like no
1: right and you do you heard i you know i I used to be watching the news like pretty regularly throughout my workday but i i stopped that you know starting this week cuz i've been in a funk but there's a lot of talk of that the the guilt and shame that also comes along with this virus whether you have it or not but like i can only imagine i haven't seen it happen but someone coughing in public mm-hmm. you know allergy season's coming um you know i'm just like waiting for that that reaction of people where you cough or sneeze in public and everybody
0: jumps back the whole
1: store like looks at you and you're just like oh you know it's it's
0: just a tickle in my throat
1: it's um it's definitely an interesting you know sociological and psychological kind of human not an experiment but just like observation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that how it's all changed our perspective on all these certain things that we wouldn't think twice about a month ago, a couple of weeks yeah. ago.
0: Well, a couple of things that I sort of hope come out of it is number one, uh, minimum wage goes up because most of these people like permanently to a living wage, because most of the people working, you know, personal support workers in the long-term care facilities and the grocery store clerks and, you know, all these people that we're saying are the people are heroes and, you know, keeping things running don't make a living wage. Mm. Um, and then the other thing that I hope comes out of it is that people actually stay home when they're sick. Right. You know, so many, or keep their kids home, right? When my kids were little, the, you know, the school was a Petri dish because someone always sent their kid to school when they shouldn't have and it just went around the classroom.
1: Right. I know I'm guilty of it. I would go in and that's, I was like, I literally couldn't. I would still try to go into work because I'd feel guilty of not working.
0: Well, and it's also an employer thing, right? Like I used to work in HR and the the thing is the employers have to have the right programs in place. So people A don't feel guilty or B don't feel like they're going to lose their job if they call in sick. Yeah.
1: It's funny. I like, like my boss would always send me home right away if I tried to come in sick, which was what I needed. But Mm -hmm. it's like something intrinsically like in a lot of us that we're just trained to like, no, nope, we got to go to work. We got to fight through it. We got to you know, I, I know it's wrong, but like I was just always under that mentality even though I knew I wouldn't be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of like a personal thing. It's really weird. Yeah. Like uh, like I remember being so proud I didn't miss a day of work other than the vacation I took for an entire calendar year. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, well, what badge of honor is that? I'm not getting a gold star. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> it's not great Great too.
1: Yeah, seriously. And then you're
0: only getting a gold star for attendance.
1: Yeah. Um, one thing that interested me about this whole thing, and I, I haven't really talked to anybody, anybody really about it, but interesting to hear your thoughts on this. So I'll start with the caveat that I, I, I support this, the government, mandates and everything like so i'm not against what they're what they're doing and ordering us to stay home and everything but it is to me a very interesting thought that you know how much control the government has over our lives that if for whatever reason if you got a bad prime minister or whatever and they chose to you know cook up a conspiracy or something about happening, how much they could actually like take away of our lives and order us to do things and give us fines. It's just, in, I just found that really interesting um, and how you can see how some governments are able to kind of take control of their countries and their citizens.
0: Yeah, and I th- it is an excellent point. And I think we are seeing it in some countries where you know people aren't getting as much information as uh, other nations, and it can totally you know i mean I'm not a Doug Ford guy <laughs> like I didn't vote for the guy, but he's stepped up and he's doing um you know he's showing himself as a leader, looking out for everybody in the province, not just you know the conservative wing of the province. And you're right. Like we could easily lose a lot of civil rights if the wrong person was in charge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As long as everyone thinks it's the right thing to do. Um.
0: Well, and that we realize it's like, it's kind of, you know, the greater good, right? We're all in this together. If I, if I want to stay healthy, you need to stay healthy and it doesn't matter, you know, what your job or your, station in life or whatever is we all have to pull together and do the right thing so everybody can get out of this alive
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and I was just I thought it was was early on when this was happening and everything started getting closed down we started getting put into work or working from home and um you know, they've used it in in a good way that we're getting all these social programs. They said we ne- we've never had money for and all of a sudden now there's money for and all those mm-hmm. things. That's a whole other different point. Right. <laughs> but it, it just was an interesting point to me that I was just like, wow, you know, if all of a sudden the government said, you know, we need to start doing this because X and X turned out not to be true, but we were made to believe it was true. It's like again it goes back to that human psychology sociology thing where yeah we're all of a sudden like all this we've just changed drastically the way we live and the way we do things in in less than a month i mean it's mm-hmm. been six weeks now but in less than a month um in like two weeks what we knew is like i would say almost flipped 180 in a lot of ways
0: well and uh so you know, my background is in psychology and I used a lot of uh, behaviors change stuff in my right. self-help books. Right. And I keep thinking about, like, like you said, we've changed like an entire, you know, most of Canada, the better part of the world has like on a dime switched their behavior Um, when like, look at, you know, the multi-billion dollar self-help industry with all these behavior change models, we try to get people to change their behavior. And it's like, I, I can't wait to see the studies that come out of this on the psychology side about, you know, are there things, you know, are there lessons to be learned for how we can nudge people, you know, towards better behaviors, be it around, you know, better eating or more exercise or drug and alcohol abuse, that type of thing. Like, I I just find it really fascinating to yeah. see how much has changed so fast and how, I mean, we're all grumbling at home, but, you know, pretty much everybody's sort of accepted that we need to do this.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I, I don't know if you have an answer, but like, do you, have, with the psychology background, do you have any hypotheses of, of what it is? Is it the we all have kind of like that common goal or enemy. Is it the scare tactic that if you don't listen, you know something bad's gonna happen to you or someone you love, like it, it, is it more of a positive behavioral change or more of a negative behavioral change, or at least well, the the part that's leading us to the behavior change?
0: I, I think it's definitely culturally influenced, right? Like I think in Canada, it's not a you know it's not a, you're going to be punished or this is, you know, kind of a mentality. I think it's Mm -hmm. more, we all, you know, we all, for the most part, we all sort of accept the welfare state and the fact that, you know, we need to take care of the most vulnerable and in this situation we're all vulnerable. So there's just a generalized um, acceptance that, you know, this is important for all of us.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, You're right. I do look forward to the studies because like, why can't we use this? I'll use the word energy, even though that's not quite the right word, but the, to like cure cancer or to come up with a a treatment to end poverty. you like, like you said, and, and all those behavioral changes. It's like if we can use the collective human power and spirit to, try to fight this disease, why do we not do this in certain areas for other things that are like ravaging the human population, right? Like, why does it have to be like a a acute pandemic to, like, I understand why, but why couldn't it be used in other ways if we can do it for this? No, it's a fair
0: point. Exactly. And I think part of it is just we're all so busy with our own lives when Mm. it's not a global pandemic that it's hard to get everybody aligned on the same You know, we all have different values. Um, And so, but this one, it just, people realize it's important that we're all
1: aligned. Right. Yeah, it's true. Um, Switching gears a little bit, but um, getting into back to the theme of the, you know, not alone, uh, it's okay to not be okay. So, you know, I started this thing for the Ottawa Distress Center where I'm just trying to get, you know, people together and, and share their stories or a nice message or anything and just encourage um, donations to at least the Ottawa Distress Center, although in, in the grand scheme of things, a local distress center in whatever uh-huh. city or town you're, you're, um, you're in. I think the goal, what I want to try to convey to people is that message that you aren't alone and people through all these different backgrounds from all these different parts of society um, are experiencing this in, in some way um, when it comes to their mental health what are some things that you're, you're doing? And subsequently, what are some things you're, that you worry the most about when it comes to this pandemic and, um, you know, the, the new social implications that, you know, have imp- imposed on us?
0: Mm-hmm. So in terms of what I'm doing, like I said, the exercise is a big one yeah. for me. We actually, um, to support a local uh, gym, we rented some of their equipment from them Mm. and set up like a little small mini gym in our, in one corner of our garage. So we've got three sets of dumbbells and a bench just to, you know, get some other type of physical activity and, um, also trying to go for a walk every single day. Um, I, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the show Lip Sync Battle. I love that show. (laughs) I always imagine myself on it.
1: (laughs) What's the highlight? So I know, yeah, I know it. And I would like,
0: which song would I sing? So I, uh, when I go for my walks, like I put the music up really loud and I try Mm. to find somewhere quiet I can walk, not having to be near other people. Uh, So I can do my own little lip sync battle with
1: myself. (laughs) Well, what song would you sing? I think that's important.
0: Uh. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. <laughs> A lot of Canadian rock. Um, you know, have to get the hip in there. And um, right, Kim uh,
1: Mitchell, Glass yeah, Tiger.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, hang on, I'm thinking. You, my brain blanks as soon as someone asks me.
1: Put you on the spot. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I'm pulling up my list here. Oh, who else is? Um, oh, what's the songs? Well, Sky Diggers, of course, Big Sugar,
1: okay, um, right.
0: Sloan, Headstones. I love the Headstones.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, really into that, supporting that CanCon.
0: Yeah, Odds. Well, they're only partly Canadian, but... Um, and Jan Arden, of course. I mean, you always have to mm. have the Joni Mitchell and Jan Arden. So I, I, I
1: think our playlists best. are a little different.
0: <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> way. Who would you lip-sync battle to?
1: Oh, you know, what? I, I would... if. Honestly, I would do a Disney song. (laughs) Um, I would definitely go Make a Man Out of You. I might even do Reflection from Mulan. Um, That's a big one for me. Um, Did you ever watch American Idol? No. No? Do you know who Adam Lambert is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I should have said he's covering for Queen now, more notably. Mm -hmm. notably. Anyways, he has this song from back in the, when I was in high school. It's called For Your Entertainment. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. It's just a cheeky, like almost strep song. Yeah. And uh, I used to do it all the time in high school and I had this whole <laughs> performance routine to it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, and it brings
0: back a good, like a good memory of it. Uh, yeah,
1: exactly. You know, like, you get the yeah. dancing going. And... Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. It's,
0: it's funny. So you were saying about his song from high school, this is probably a little before your time. But <laughs> I remember the first LP I ever had as a kid was free to be you and me by Marlo Thomas and friends. It came out in 1972. And I, the other day, one of the songs on it is called it's okay to cry. It's all right Mm. to cry. And I don't know, I was sitting on the couch and I was just kind of feeling overwhelmed and the song just popped into my head and it's like, it goes it's all right to cry, crying gets the sad out of you, and it might make you feel better and so I'm like singing it in my head, and then I start crying, I'm like, it's true, I do feel better for, <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, Oh yeah, this is perfect song for right now,
1: right. It's weird those moments eh when all like it just kind of comes on by coincidence or something, but it was almost like that that right timing, exactly, yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry to cut you off. Can you go on walks and, and lip sync battle? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, and just, I, like the sleeping thing, I've never been good at sleeping, so I'm mm. trying to like listen to, I actually downloaded on Apple Music rain sounds, like six hours of rain sounds that are supposed to help you sleep. So if I wake up and I can't fall back asleep, I pop my earbuds in and try to listen to the rain. And it was actually really nice last night. I did it. And I mean, you saw how cold it was this morning. My walk this morning was not fun, (laughs) but last night it was, it was like summer rain. And it, it felt like it was the middle of July. One of those awesome evenings where you're sleeping with the windows open and it's Mm -hmm. just, you can hear the rain and it just, you know, like everything feels right.
1: Right. Yeah. That smell comes through the window yeah, um, yeah. I,
0: I, it was like that was I was like and I partly didn't even want to fall asleep because I just wanted to lie there and listen to this rain this summer rain so.
1: yeah meanwhile there was like an April tornado blizzard outside <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I was out for a run and then like just before it all happened and oh god <laughs> I was like why do I live here running down the Ottawa River park or pathway oh yeah
0: and all the snow.
1: Yeah. Oh my God, just hitting me in the face. Like, I can't see. I'm like, this is stupid.
0: Well, the one plus is it actually probably kept people inside for a couple of days. So, in terms of physically distancing, yeah, the true. one thing I find with the, with the, like, I'm a rule follower. So, I'm, you know, I don't, I'm okay with like the changes when you go to the store and how you have to, line up and wipe the cart down and follow the arrows up and down and line up over here. And I don't mind that. But the one thing that I lose sleep over are the people who don't follow the rules. Right. And they're just like, you know, right on top of you. And you're like, have you not heard? We're not Uh, supposed to be this close to each other. Yeah, And you just get so stressed. And I heard one comedian saying their four year old will like be out and people on the street she's screaming at them six feet six feet i'm thinking i want to do that i want to scream at them too but i can't
1: right yeah
0: grumble about it and get stressed out
1: (laughs) yeah there's those interesting things now i I was going into the grocery store on sunday and like there you know you're lined up and you you can't really pass people and we're going through the entrance and this woman and she was a bit older so i'm not going to get angry but she stops like right in the middle of the doorway and like starts putting on her gloves and her mask, but like, but you, there's no room to go by her. Go and you want to follow the rules. And there's like this big lineup happening and it's like, you know, some, some of the people miss the, the social cues mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're, you're like, okay, like it's, it's okay. Try to not get mad at this person, but it's just like, Oh my goodness. You know, I had some guy going down the wrong way of the one-way aisle, which they have now. Mm-hmm. And he's on his phone, not even looking, and he bumped into somebody. I'm oh, like, no. I'm like, dude, <laughs> no. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> I know. And I feel like the arrows have been there long enough now that it's not like it's a, oh, it just happened yesterday and I haven't learned the new rules.
1: <laughs> now people just don't pay attention. No. Like there was, there was a couple of weeks ago, one woman was going the wrong way and another woman was kind of like, um, excuse me, like there's things on the uh, like the arrows, you're going the wrong way, and she's just or does a huge eye roll, and, ugh, just turns around and walks away. I'm like, ugh. you know, it's those, <laughs> but those are the type of people that are gonna probably delay getting back to normal in certain ways,
0: yeah. Well, that's the challenge, right? It's like you know, and you see people doing things they shouldn't be, and you're like, oh, God, can't you just. it'll be faster if we all just do what they've asked us to do
1: yeah and it's like do we have a responsibility if you see someone breaking the rules to do something about it Mm -hmm. and i find where i'm on that line i'm like i don't know if that's the you know like if i see someone doing something wrong do i have a moral responsibility to be like hey don't do that go home or you know be safe or should I just like shake my head and go about my day?
0: Yeah. I really struggle with that one too. I mean, I feel like within my family, I have a responsibility to, you know, make sure we're all on the same page about what we should be doing. But in public, I, I don't know, maybe we all should, but it's hard to do. Right.
1: I know. And I I don't want to like bully people uh, to into, submission so they they listen either like I know that's a big thing on social media yeah like getting the public shame going well and
0: there's lots of situations where like they can't you know maybe it's a healthcare worker that just come off a 12-hour shift and they this is the only time they can get to the store you know or it's like a single mom who doesn't have anyone to watch her kids so she has to bring them to the store with her so she's shopping in a group even though they're saying one person per household you know so we can't necessarily just assume that they're just not rule followers
1: right and there's like the people advocating to go to the grocery store once a week or like once a month or it's like not everyone is in the same you know they can't do that yeah you have three or four kids like you're gonna need milk or something more than once a month
0: well and and also with you know if they struggle with food insecurity they can't they don't have the money to buy food for a whole month.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, So what are some of the things that, you know, and feel free to only share with what you're comfortable with, but that's, Uh you know, worrying you, that's, that's keeping, keeping, um, you know, your anxiety up or, or keeping, holding you down a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I worry about my parents because they're older right. and they, you know, my dad has a number of health conditions. So we've sort of, um, you know, we're keeping our distance from them and I've done some grocery shopping for my mom where I just leave it in the garage, but um, you know, they still have to go to medical appointments and she's, I'm just worried about like them getting sick Um also, our daughter has type one diabetes, so, right. you know, I wouldn't want her to get sick either. Every, people with underlying conditions, it can be a challenge for them. Um, I mentioned to you, I got laid off. Yeah. <laughs> I'd gotten my dream job and then a month in, we all got laid off. So I, I'm feeling a bit untethered in terms of work. Like I actually was thinking the other day I should be updating my resume and looking for a job. <laughs> but there's no jobs out there. Um, So I just sort of feeling like, you know, they didn't, it's a temporary layoff. So they want to bring us all back. Right. But it's, we don't know when, Right. you know, what do you do in the meantime? And although I am a writer and I've written six books and the last three have been published in the last three months, they were all written long before this all happened. Um, And it just, was the way the editorial process went that they were published February, March and April. Mm. But, you know, I see a lot of fellow writers saying, Hey, I wrote 2000 words today and I'm thinking I got nothing. (sighs) Like I can't even think about sitting down. Like there's no creativity right now in me to write either fiction or nonfiction. And then you're like, is it lost forever? Mm. (laughs) Can I no longer write? Has this, like pandemic crushed my, you know, my creative spirit.
1: Yeah. Do you find like, um, I struggle with like a lack of kind of purpose right now in ways.
0: Y- yeah, for sure. Like yeah. that's what I'm saying about being untethered. Okay. And cause my kids are older, you know, they're pretty independent. So they, um, you know, like a lot of times they're in their rooms for the whole day and now we see them at dinner. <laughs> Right. So right. one thing I have been doing is I'm um, like before all of this, I was going in regularly to do workouts with my dad to help him um, in terms of maintaining his strength and preventing a fall And he was doing really well. So we've continued the workouts on Skype. So we're doing them. I just did one with him today before dinner. Um, so that I find it really kind of helps me feel like I have a little bit of a purpose again. And I'm also um, gonna be, I'm partnering with the Ottawa Public Library to do some free um, exercise classes for seniors via Zoom. So we just had a call today to kind of sort out dates and set up and everything. So those are gonna happen in May. So that's like, I was actually supposed to start today for the library doing more fall prevention workshops. I did a series for them last fall. And I had a bunch this week and next week scheduled and of course they're not happening. Um, And I feel really, you know, I really worry about older adults because they maybe don't have um, the initiative or the expertise um, or the resources to be able to do all these online workouts or you know know what to do safely which is why I love doing these fall prevention workshops with the library so I'm excited that they said yeah we want you to come on the library zoom and do a live class for them and so then you know I can help them like I'm helping my dad so that they're you know because if you're over 70 they've even told you to not go out for walks yeah so a lot of them are not getting any exercise at all
1: well yeah and you you look at countries I know um, I think it's like Sweden and the Netherlands are kind of doing a different approach where they're trying to gather herd immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but even for them, that vulnerable populations, so seniors, they're they're not allowed out while the rest of society continues. And I can foresee that even when restrictions start getting lifted, you know, here in Canada and in the States and, you know, people are ready to resume some sort of, you know, like going back to work, that type of stuff, that there will still be that restriction, you know, on seniors um, from leaving their house and, and going about their normal day. And, you know, there was already a crisis of, you know, mental health issues with, with seniors of, of loneliness and depression and, and you know, like you said, like with exercise and everything. And, you know, this, this could exacerbate the problem.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It already right.
1: is, but even... I- continued on like they don't have that light at the end of the tunnel somewhat like we do
0: yeah and the and the and the physical and mental health are like they're not getting the exercise and having you know the social isolation and the depression and the mental health issues are going to further impact their physical health um, and make it tougher for them to remain independent
1: right you know, one
0: thing my daughter did, I was really impressed. She's uh, well, was 16, just turned 17 um, a couple of weeks ago. And she had come to me at the beginning of April and she said, you know, I want to like, I want to write a letter to a senior who's isolated, um, you know, because they must be having a really hard time. And can you help me find one? So I reached out to a friend of mine who's um, who works with seniors who's still able. Her company is still going into the retirement homes, and so I told her, you know, what my daughter wanted to do. And within a couple of hours, she'd set up a Facebook group for writing letters and sending cards to isolated seniors. And um, so my daughter wrote a couple, and then all these other people wrote a ton. So over 400 cards and letters have been delivered two seniors who are isolated
1: right now. Oh, well, that's amazing. Do you know what, like, it's the group open? Can people join that?
0: Um, it's on Facebook. It's called Isolated Seniors. We kind of, we kept it um, private only because she's sharing pictures of <clears> the seniors. <throat> but if you, right. you can request to join and, and Debbie and I, or I can. uh oh,
1: okay. So you're. Let you in.
0: Yeah. We just didn't want to make it totally public, right? Because of the pictures being shared. Right. Um, And, you know, like there's lots of people, their kids were making cards for Easter and stuff. And it was just, it was so awesome because, um, you know, in these retirement homes, they're in a home that they moved into for the social activities and they're all confined to their rooms. They get their meals in there and they, you know, and some of them um, don't have internet Right. So um, they don't have computers geez. or cell phones or anything. So they're basically on their own in their rooms. So it was really wonderful to see all these people sort of jumping on and, and being able to get these cards and letters delivered to them.
1: Yeah. That's a a wonderful initiative. I know my mom, she, uh, for a long time was a nurse at a, at a retirement, or I guess it was more of a nursing home mm-hmm. and she became, you know, and once I was older, like a director of care at a couple homes, and you know just hearing the stories of you know people being alone and and you know even in the the nicer homes and with like a little bit more money and more activities and and social things that yeah it's just it it's sad <laughs> it really is that you know people live all their their lives, and then this is kind of like what we we do to them in ways like okay, now go off and be by yourself and go in this home. So no one really has to see you unless we want to.
0: Yeah. Well, it's tough. Well, even seniors living in their own homes. I mean, like my parents are still in their own home, but, you know, I'm I'm thankful that they have each other because we can't go over and see them, right? Like my mom's Mm -hmm. 76 and my dad's 80. And, you know, they need to be really careful that they don't get sick. So we're trying to, I'm trying to, you know, I do the Skype exercise with my dad and then I do video chats with my mom. Um, you know, just so they don't feel so
1: isolated. Good for them knowing how to work all that stuff. <laughs> oh, my
0: mom's on Snapchat. My daughter taught her how to use Snapchat. So she loves it. She's she's got four grandkids and she's all connected with all of them on Snapchat. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Because I one day I came down at uh uh at dinner. I'm like, hmm, Nana didn't text me back. I messaged her this morning. Normally I hear back and my daughter's like, Oh yeah, she's fine. I was she snapped me <laughs> like what are you talking about so yeah
1: <laughs> that's 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 seriously that's one of the best things I've ever heard I just, you, yeah I don't even use Snapchat much anymore so that's awesome <laughs>
0: yeah. oh no she loves it because she stays connected with her grandkids that way so yeah, right it's perfect
1: right and the pictures and the, the filters and oh yeah mm-hmm. cute
0: <laughs> so every time like before we were all this happened and they'd come over one of the kids would show her a different thing. so she was like learning all the things she could do and stuff
1: um is there like a message you're sharing with your kids about about this whole thing like I know my siblings are a lot younger so they they don't really understand what's going on but like I can't imagine being a teenager where the you know I, I think back to being a kid like a teenager and being in high school and like the littlest thing happening was the end of the world. It was the worst thing to happen to me ever. Mm-hmm. And it was because like, I couldn't get a pair of shoes or something, you know, like the, the hormones and everyone's so dramatic. Like, I don't know if you have a pulse on it, but like how you know, like, is there something you're, you're sharing with them or do they just like mostly kind of understand what's going on and, and are just being patient about it?
0: Well, I mean, they're both, both my kids have really good heads on their shoulders and, um, like when, when it was kind of March break at the beginning of March break, when it was still like, oh, school's shutting down, one's in school and one's kind of between high school and university. Um, so I, you know, they were still early on, they were still seeing their friends, but I was like, okay, you know, just not a big group and, keep, you know, stay, keep space. And they've always been good about washing their hands and all this, but, And then it caught to a point where it was getting more serious. And I said to them, you guys, you need to stay home. You you, you can't keep going out with your friends. Like we have to start, you know, being stricter about this. And they kind of grumbled, but they understood, right? The importance of it. And they saw that, you know, like my parents used to come over once a week for dinner and, Mm -hmm. you know, now we're doing it all by video. Um, So they sort of got the gravity of the situation. Um and they've just been really, I mean, they're bored and we're all like I said, I think, you know, we're all getting on each other's nerves um at various points, but they're being pretty um mature about it. And my daughter, you know, like she's in grade eleven, so she has lots of she has schoolwork to do. So we had the other day she was on a Google classroom with a bunch of the kids from her math class they were working out a problem I'm like okay I'm gonna have to pull you off that because we have to get on on video call with Chio for your regular appointment <laughs> mm-hmm. so um, you know it's like we're just kind of all trying to navigate the new world and they're um, they're staying up super late you know like one goes to bed at one and one goes to bed at four but you know they get up when they get up and they do their stuff and it's like why would I tell them they have to go to bed at a certain time or they can't be on their video game or whatever because what else are they going to do? Right? Yeah. You know, I've, I've, we more or less sort of said, like, do what you got to do to make this work. Like, home should be a, a happy place. Home shouldn't be stressful with, you know, like, too much happening. So it's like, if you want to be on your PlayStation until 4 a.m., as long as you don't wake me up, uh, have at her.
1: Yeah, I remember being sixteen and yeah, staying up till six in the morning and like sleeping till three or four in the afternoon.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: it's weird how and even my but even now my sleep schedule has totally changed. Like I used to go to bed at like nine or ten, now it's twelve or one, and I'm up at like maybe eight thirty, and then I'll just kind of roll out of bed and just walk to my living room and boop, I'm at work. Yeah, <laughs> like, take like five steps for a commute. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, pop on, look at my email, I'm like, okay, now I can go make coffee and breakfast, like yeah. put in my morning dues.
0: <laughs> well, and, and that's where I think the challenge is with not getting enough physical activity, right? Like, you know, you would be more active getting to work, even if you're driving there, because you have to walk out to your car and you get in the car, and then you walk from your car into the building, and then you're moving around the building.
1: Yeah. That's the and thing. if you're
0: like standing up and taking five steps to, you know, commute to work, you have more Uh, time to be sedentary and that's I think part of the challenge it's like you know you can't bake every single minute of the day or do crafts or you know like write a great novel there's times where you just have to like sit on the couch and veg and watch Netflix and just like not worry about it but also make sure you get up and move a little bit
1: (laughs) yeah I know it's I've I know we talked about it when you're on here before like I just I know myself now that it's like a critical part of what I do it's just uh you know it's it's so much harder to find that motivation when it's in your own apartment right like it's just and I feel bad like I'm we were talking earlier I'm doing my body combat classes like once or twice a week and I'm like jumping around my apartment. I'm like, man, I really owe my downstairs neighbor a bottle of wine or something after this. Like, yeah. sorry.
0: As long as it's not at 12 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and I think that's where, no, you're absolutely right. It is tough to get motivated. And, and I think that's where I'm trying to turn a corner personally and just, you know, like focus on the good, e- good sleeping, good eating, and good exercise as being the things that I can control so that I have a little bit of control in this crazy situation where, you know, so much is out of our control.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the out of control and the uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing worse for a person with anxiety than not knowing the final outcome because you're going to race through every single scenario. And I think a lot of people now um, are, are experiencing or at least noticeably experiencing some sort of like major anxiety when it, when it comes to a certain subject. Okay. Um, I know I've seen a couple articles on that, uh, that and grief, which is another mm-hmm. interesting subject. I don't know if you read anything on any of those articles when they were talking about what you're experiencing now is grief.
0: Yeah. I haven't read any of that stuff. No. Yeah. I was thinking though, what, when we were just talking about the the lack of control and the uncertainty and I know a little while ago, Ellen DeGeneres got slammed in a big way for equating it to being in prison. Oh, yeah. Um, I but I get channel. where she was coming from. I mean, it's the fact that we have no control and we, and we don't know how long it's going to last. I mean, that's the part that makes it feel like prison to her. And I totally understand. Like, and yeah, she's a multimillionaire with a giant, you know, Malibu, whatever, um, property but it's like but she still can't leave her house either right so she just has a bigger house to rattle around in than the rest of us
1: yeah and you know something I've learned in this mental health journey that no matter if you have one dollar a billion dollars that like you can still experience you know depression and, and anxiety and, and different mental health issues like you you know like And your feelings are just as valid as someone who
0: has less money than
1: you. Yeah, and I know. Well, I mean that's Twitter, right? Yeah, I know you're on Twitter, so it's just a cesspool of people who are angry at different things. So, (laughs) (laughs) what can you do? But I I keep
0: saying I need to get off social media because of all the. But then I'm like, what else am I going to (laughs) do?
1: Well, that's it, eh? Yeah, like what? Just scrolling Instagram. Like, there's been I've caught myself. So what I did, I moved my. I don't have a laptop. I have a desktop computer. I moved it from my room out to my living room. So I work from here and I have the TV on and whatever while I'm, I'm working. But I find myself sometimes there's Twitter is on my computer right in front of me. And then I'm sitting on my phone on Twitter. I'm like, what am I doing? Why, why am I doing this? I'm like, oh God, Ryan, what is happening? Oh geez. Well, you um, know,
0: when you first, when I love the, the, the initiative you're doing for the Ottawa Distress Centre. And when you you first asked me if I'd be willing to record a video, it was like not a good day. I was not Mm -hmm. having a good day. And the idea of, and I didn't feel like I had my shit together. And the idea of me trying to get on a video and, and, and A, look cheery and B, look not like I had Chanel bags under my (laughs) eyes from lack of sleep. Right. And then try to tell people, oh, yeah, it's okay. Here's how I'm handling it because I didn't feel like I was handling it well. So it just felt like, it just felt like a, you know, that I couldn't deliver a message to say, yeah, this is how you get through it because I don't know how to get through it and every day is different. And yesterday I had an awesome day and I felt good and I was like, okay, I'm calm, I'm happy. It's okay, I can manage, blah, blah, blah. And then last night I didn't sleep and now I'm like today, not having a good day, <laughs> right. you know, cause yeah. it's like, and it's like, but it's okay to not be okay. Cause not every day is going to be sunshine and happiness.
1: Right. Yeah. Like this, this idea has evolved a couple of times. Um, what I usually do in May is I do my, my cause for pods um, initiative for the last two years and, you know, with the dogs and everything, and obviously can't do that this year. And I was just kind of like, what other possible way, can you do some sort of fundraiser that maybe is unique that will get people's attention um where you can't get together you can't really do things with people and my my original idea is i was going to do like an instagram live because i i don't know if you remember like when it's still pretty big but when the pandemic first happened and everything was getting started like there was instagram lives and facebook lives like out the wazoo like every time <laughs> just like notification like boob it's live they're live they're live and you're like, oh my god everyone's live yeah <laughs> um so i was going to do something like that and just have people pop on and like host like a extravaganza for a night and just have people pop on for five and ten minutes where we just chat mm-hmm. um but what i wanted to do is like i wanted to start it on my podcast to kind of test the idea then bring it to radio stations um, and try to get a bigger platform and when i was talking to my boss about the idea she's like you know it might be better just to have people record a video um and that way they can do it on their own time they don't have to be here at this certain time and you can just kind of like extend extend the idea instead of doing it all in one night i'm like oh that's a great idea so that's you know that's what i went with and then when you got back to me about the the video and, and someone else also got back to well, a couple of people got back to me they're like, you know, like, I love it, but like, I don't really want to do a video or I'm not good at videos. I don't feel comfortable. I'm like, OK, well, I'm going to switch it to to, you know, share a positive message um, if you don't want to talk too personally about you know what you're going through and and get too in depth with the public on social media about it like that's cool you can just do like hey you know it's so and so we're all in this together um and then you know i know you like you, some other people didn't want to do the the video portion i was like you know i'll just like share a post like just a little nice little message and just make a little graphic right like it's funny how the ideas evolve and then you know like you're saying you know not everyone is being is getting through this positively. So I think that's also an important message to share with people that like, you know, I I know myself, like one day's good, one day's bad, then you know, one day's good, and then like five days are bad, like right now. <laughs> um that uh it's important to remember that, you know, it's okay to be having bad days through this. And uh-huh. and not just a bad day, but bad days. Yeah. But to understand that it doesn't make it better that other people are going through it, but just like, you know, reach out to other people. Chances are, you know, someone else, you know, you love, you trust is going to go through, is going through the exact same thing or thinking the exact same thoughts. And, you know, that we should really form sort of like a a community, Mm -hmm. um, like a broad community, like to help everybody get through it. um, Any way we can.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean you know this the the distress center I mean like they have a huge increase in volume of of calls and I just saw them put the call out for for donations I'm like hey this is going to be a service especially cuz it's free not everyone can yeah. afford therapy or has benefits you know this is going to be something that's going to be really important for the you know right now and the the months moving forward as we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast yeah um but this is the The mental health part is not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah.
0: No, you're and absolutely right.
1: Yeah. Not everyone has the resources. So I appreciate the kind words and I appreciate you, you helping out with it because it does mean a lot to me.
0: Well, thanks. Jake. Thanks for uh, inviting me on and listening to me rant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite type of podcast where there's no real direction. And, you know, you just talk for however long we talk for. I, well, I even lost keeping track of time. so. <laughs> uh, there, that's always those are always the fun things um
0: well I'll tell you I'm a I'm an introvert so I'm a socially reclusive introvert so at the beginning I wasn't too bothered by everything and then it started getting to me and I thought you know what I get it now I get why the extroverts are losing it and I thought I'm gonna let my extroverted friends hug me when they see me because <laughs> I've never <laughs> really been a hugger either and I'm like it's fine you can hug me i get
1: it (laughs) right yeah it's that's i get my energy from other people yeah that's that's you know when i'm in a room and people are excited and we're doing things i'm like yeah i'm pumped up so you know when i get alone yeah you still with your thoughts and you just you you start cycling through and that's where i start getting lost in things so Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's definitely weird. Um, What are some, I know you mentioned some of your books and just before we go, what were, you had three, three Uh ones released, which is awesome, but I know you can't get them right now um, necessarily in Canada, right? I think you are saying, but what are they? So people have them fresh in their mind.
0: Yeah. So I wrote, I kind of like have moved away from fitness. I spent 10 years in fitness. So um, last year I turned 50 and I thought it's, to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) So uh, I wrote a memoir um, about my decade in fitness called I Can See Your Underwear. And yes, someone actually did say that to me (laughs) when I was teaching a group class. Um, And then I wrote a second book of um, balance exercises called Balance 2.0, Preventing Falls with Exercise. And this is, um, and specifically talking about how I worked with my dad last fall after he was in the hospital to help him get his strength back and prevent fall and how w- well he did from just like, you know, two to three times a week, 20 minutes of strength, ex- body weight, strength exercises. And then the, the book has the exercise in, in it that I did with him. Um, and then I actually wrote a novel that just came out a couple of weeks ago called *Selfrid* in the secrets and it's about a social media influencer and all the secrets that swirl around her and how they get exposed and the whole concept of anti-heroes finishing on top
1: hmm. interesting i love a good anti-hero
0: yeah, well, it's interesting because one of my beta readers, I think, was expecting it to be sort of like a contemporary romance novel with, you know, like the person's bad and then they have an epiphany and then they become good. And I'm like, that's not, I'm not, I'm not a rom-com person. So. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Bad people finish on top sometimes. Uh, so yeah.
1: that's
0: who I wrote about. It's, I don't know if you know the movie, The Truman Show.
1: Uh, I haven't seen it, but I know of it. yet.
0: you know of it. So the so the social media influencer in my novel it's kind of like a reverse Truman Show. So her whole life is made up. It's like a movie set.
1: Oh, okay, interesting. All right, gotta have to check that out for sure. Um, so
0: yeah, books books are good when you feel like reading them or writing them.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen uh, again, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much.
0: And thanks, Ryan. Um, and thanks for what you're doing for the Ottawa Distress Centre. They're a really great organization and uh, help so many people. Like you said, not everybody can afford um, you know, to get mental health support services. So the fact that they offer all their services for free is so important.
1: Yeah, exactly. No. So if you're listening and you have the ability to support in an organization right now, um, the Ottawa Distress Centre, or your local distress centre would be a really great option, I'm sure, among a lot of other uh, choices. But um, think about what we talked about today for sure. Um, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Ray. Bye. Bye.
0: You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.